Please be seated. Would you pray with me? Our hope is built on nothing less than the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet, Lord, it is so hard in this world to live into that reality. It is so hard to find our hope there, to lean on Jesus in the way we need to, to live in such hope. So, Lord, I ask today that you might visit us in a special way, that you might speak to our hearts, that we might participate this morning by consciously quieting that critical voice in our head and being open to what your word says today, that we would open our hearts for a fresh anointing of your spirit. And to that end, Lord, I pray that you would pour upon me the gift of preaching, that my very frail and broken and human words might, by the power of your Holy Spirit, become your living word, uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray this with great confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're continuing in our summer music series. This week's song by Matt Mayer is called The Stories We Tell Ourselves. The song is asking a question. What foundation stories do you tell yourself? What are the stories that inform who you are and what's most important in your life? What are your foundation stories? And are they helpful or are they incompatible with what God is saying about you. In today's song, Matt does a stellar job of challenging his ingrained stories that are telling lies to him about who he is as he reminds himself and us of a better set of stories to tell us who we truly are. Let's listen. Never faced a battle that it couldn't win All you ever wanted was to be like him But he drank his way through your teenage years Now you're stuck with a bill for your father's sin These are the stories I tell myself This town is a ceiling that you never break through You'll always be alone in a crowded room And no matter how hard you work, it's true You'll never be enough just being you These are the stories I tell myself When I think of Abraham Counting the stars up in the sky When I think of Jacob Fighting an angel for his life When I think of Joshua Walking around the walls until they fell These are the stories I tell myself These are the stories I tell My children, there are lessons that I cannot see There's always gonna be something out of reach by the grace of God, you remember well. These are the stories you tell. It's when I think of Abraham, counting the stars up in the sky. When I think of Jacob, fighting an angel. 
angel for his light When I think of Joshua Walking around the walls until they fell These are the stories I tell myself These are the stories I tell These are the stories I tell myself These are the stories I tell And when I think about Jesus battle that he couldn't win and all I ever needed I have found in him and he made his way through the wilderness from glory to glory here's my story when I think of Abraham counting the stars up in the sky when I think of Jacob fighting an angel for his life when I think of Joshua Walking around the walls until they fell If they went before me These are the stories I think of no Looking for a sign after the rain When I think about Moses Speaking for the powerless in faith I think about Joseph Dreaming at the bottom of a well These are the stories I tell myself These are the stories I tell These are the stories I tell myself These are the stories I tell myself chance to see him live recently, and he just really encourages my faith. You know, uh, he begins the song reflecting on some stories of negative voices that live within him, stories that bind him rather than free him. And I don't know about you, but I have stories that I tell myself that are like that. The negative impact of his father's sin, the stories of his insecurities that proclaim you'll never be enough just being you. Then he chooses to counter those negative stories with another set of stories. The stories we heard in today's scripture that Alex read. Stories Matt challenges his children to remember. And this is why this question that I'm asking today, it's one reason it's so important. It's important for us, right, to understand which stories are our foundation, but it's also important for us to tell our children, man, what a world we live in today. It is so hard on us and on our children to keep our stories straight. And so he says, my children, there are lessons I cannot teach. There are always going to be something Out of reach, by the grace of God, you'll remember well. These are the stories you'll tell. And as Matt reminds him of the stories found in Scripture and how each person found purpose, meaning, and worth by trusting God, you might say he's telling them a new story, a better one yet, an old, old story of the power and necessity of faith. 
In so doing, he's answering one of the great challenges of our lives, namely, which stories will most influence us and define who we are? The stories of our past, the stories culture drills into us, or God's story? Like Matt, most all of us have stories that, whether loudly or quietly, have the power to tell us our worth. Are you aware of which stories define you? Who you are. Or maybe you prefer not to know. Sometimes we're scared to death of the stories that define us. For some of the stories we tell ourselves are painful stories that tell us that we are worthless or we don't deserve to be loved. Then there are cultural stories in the world that tell us that to be found worthy in the world we must play by culture's rules. Here are two popular worldly stories ...that I keep coming back to, and you might wonder why... ...but it's because of their ongoing popularity and power in defining us in our culture. The first is perfectionism. Perfectionism has eked its way into almost every facet of life. L.M. Sarkassus speaks of perfectionism as embracing the notion that there is one best way. Here's how he describes the consequences of allowing this story to define you. He says... One underappreciated consequence of believing there is such a thing as the one best way in every aspect of life is subsequently living with the unyielding pressure to discover it and the inevitable and perpetual frustration of failing to achieve it. And not only frustration, it produces anxiety, fear, compulsiveness, resignation, and ultimately self-loathing. If there is one best way... How will I know it? And if I have not found it, have I failed? And is it my fault? When we tell ourselves the story that our worth is tied to mastering one best way, to finding, to being perfect in whatever ways we define, simply put, it leaves us miserable. This is not the story we should tell ourselves. Another cultural story we tell ourselves is that our worth is tied to what we do. How we perform in the work world. Derek Thompson writes in The Atlantic, I call this new religion workism. Workism is not a simple evil or virtue. Rather, it is a complex phenomenon. It is rooted in the belief that work can provide everything we have historically expected from organized religion, community, meaning, self-actualization. The credo that work should be the centerpiece of one's identity quietly governs several stages of modern life. For many children and their parents, it has created an obsession with educational achievement that is igniting an anxiety crisis. For adults, it leads to overwork in the labor force and less time to focus on family. When workism is the story we tell ourselves of who we are, it too leads us to a place of bondage rather than freedom. For how many of us, when we picture ourselves at the end of our lives, looking back, reviewing the story we chose to define us, how many of us will revel in all the time with friends and loved ones we missed because of the overtime hours we invested in our work? When you picture yourself at the end of your life looking back, and believe me, I've spoken with people at the end of their life looking back, I've never heard one say, man, I'm so glad I worked those extra 20 hours every month, right? It's just not where we go. Yet in stating this, hear what I'm not saying. 
And I think this is so important. I'm not saying that work is unimportant or something unworthy of our effort and our time. Work is God's gift to us. When we don't work, we're missing something fundamental, right, in our lives. It's God's gift to us. We just have to ensure it's not the story that defines us. Tim Keller puts it this way. Work is not all there is to life. You will not have a meaningful life without work, though. But you cannot say that your work is the meaning of your life. If you make any work the purpose of your life, even if that work is church ministry, you create an idol that rivals God. Your relationship with God is the most important foundation for your life. And indeed, it keeps all the other factors, work, friendships, and family, leisure, and pleasure, from becoming so important to you that they become addicting and distorted. And so, Tim Keller's answer is the answer to every worldly story we tell ourselves about our worth. When it comes to truly understanding the source of our worth, any story besides God's story will leave us wanting. For every story except God's story ultimately says what Matt sings. You'll never be enough just being you. Just being you is never enough. And that is the bondage that every worldly story leaves us with. Escaping such bondage is the key turn that Matt makes in the song. The only way to be enough just being you is to find our story in God's story to re-engage our faith. Remember, and we heard Alex read this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Matt is engaging his faith in this song. He begins with the stories that are he's tempted to allow to define it, but then he engages his faith. And he remembers the stories of Scripture, right? The stories, stories we heard. I know he was imagining Hebrews 11, right, when he wrote this song, because so many of those characters are there. Stories of Abraham and Jacob and Joshua and Noah and Moses and Joseph, all who found their worth in God. Each of these people made God's story their story, even in the midst of great trial and tribulation. Every one of these characters, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy on any of them. They too were human. They too were facing the unknown. They too had to trust God more than themselves. And what he's saying is that's what I need to do. That's the story that I'm telling myself. In a world awash in stories telling us the source of our worth, Matt is reminding all of us of the one story, whether we know it or not, we actually hope for. A story that proclaims we are ultimately valuable and our worth is inestimable. How could such good news be true? Because all of their stories and ours culminate in Jesus' story. Matt sings, when I think about Jesus, he never faced a battle that he couldn't win. And all I ever needed, I found in him. And he made his way through the wilderness from glory to glory. He is my story. When Matt sings, all I ever needed, I found in Jesus, he's proclaiming his faith. This is the confidence that he hopes for and the assurance that he does not yet see in person, right? 
What is it about Jesus that makes his story the defining story that we tell ourselves? Because in a world filled with broken families whose sin is passed down from generation to generation, I hate to break it to you, but that includes every single one of us in this room. In a world where no matter how diligent we are to make ourselves worthy, whether through workism or perfectionism, even our most valiant efforts, as Liam Sarkasis writes, produces anxiety, fear, compulsiveness, resignation, and ultimately self-loathing, that is not where we want to end up. And into this world, God comes. This broken and messy world. And this story of his coming is a story of love. It's a story of grace. It's a story of a God who loved us so much that in all our brokenness and sin, instead of echoing all the other stories that demand we make ourselves worthy, God's love for us was so strong that he chose to do whatever it took to make us worthy. A love so strong it motivated the creator to become the created. To take on human form and flesh. And more, to suffer the consequences necessary to make us worthy by forgiving us and paying the price for our imperfections and sin. The consequence of God's sacrificial love and forgiveness is we finally have access to what we've always longed for. To be fully known and fully loved in such a way that it can never be taken from us. Even if you think you're doing okay in the world story, it could be taken from you at any moment. Fully known in this sense, every wonderful, horrible thing about us, every box buried in the deepest part of our basement, even sins that we may not know about ourselves... That kind of fully known, and by the gift of grace in Jesus, fully loved. In spite of all that that knowing shows God, that we are fully accepted and loved, even in our broken state. That is the story that is the foundation that we build our life on. And when we build our life on that story, that story of grace and acceptance and love, then we're not out there trying to get that acceptance and love from the world around us. And I don't know about you, but it creates all kinds of problems in our life when we try to get that from other people. We're let down every time. But when we're set free, then we're able to go out into the world, as Jesus says, as a light in the world, showing what real, free, abundant life looks like. This is the story that defines us. This is the story we long for. This is the story we are called to tell ourselves, a story that is the very foundation of who we are. And as we live into this, my worth is now completely settled kind of life. It becomes our story of freedom. A story of abundant life upon which we live and love every day of our lives. And that is what things like the middle school trip was about, right? It's us teaching our children this story. It is crucial for them to learn. They're not going to learn it anywhere else, folks. They're going to learn it from you. They're going to learn it from their grandparents and their aunts and their uncles. And they're going to learn it in church. And it should be one of the top priorities in our lives as families. That we get our kids into this world where they're exposed to grace and love and community. Because without it, I don't know what's going to happen in our lives and in theirs. 
So what stories do we tell ourselves? Which stories will most influence and define who we are? The stories of our past? The stories culture drills into us? Or God's story? Jesus' story of unconditional love for us, which is the only story on earth that gives us what we most long for and need, to be fully known and fully loved. At the end of the day, it's our choice which story defines us. May we have the faith to make Jesus' story our story. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.